Hello, this episode is uh, episode 98, talking with Betty Chow about a number of things. Uh, I don't usually do this, but um, there is a trigger slash content warning for this episode as we discuss um, pregnancy loss and miscarriage. Uh, quite serious, but we start off talking about burps. Ooh. What did you say, you burp? You feel burps on the way? Perhaps. Is that a concern? No, just a warning. How bad could they be, Betty Chow? The burps. Yeah. Are you recording this right now? I am, yeah, of course. In loudness or vibration or like... Is there a certain scale? So if we were I rate... I feel like there's a criteria for everything. Okay, so rubric, of course. Yeah. So, all right, loudness, one to five. Five being the loudest, one being the quietest. Oh, probably a three. It's not like a huge... Okay, vibrations... Probably a two. It's not a huge one. Uh huh. Like length? Again, probably on the lower end. This is all out of like 10. It's all out of 10? All out of 10. Right. So it's all low, but. It's all low. But frequent. You know, you just got that tummy feeling of something slowly (laughs) building up. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it now, the almond croissant. Yeah, it could be the almond croissant. Yeah. All right, I am talking to Betty Chow. Hi, Betty. Hello, Matthew. It's episode 98. So, we're going to talk about stuff, aren't we? I hope so. Yeah, that's the plan. I'm going to ask you a question randomly from this all about you. 2,500 questions. So can you give me a number between 1 and 2,500? 19. I'm surprised no one said 1 yet anytime I've done it. Wow, this is a great question. If you were a flower, what flower would you be? You're asking the wrong person. You're not a fan of... I don't have a green thumb whatsoever, so my flower knowledge is very limited. Yeah. Um... What kind of flower? I. Oh. I mean, I can ask the question above it. Yeah, sure, go for it. What are you worried about? Oh, <laughs> it's probably easier to say when I'm not worried about. Okay, what are you not worried about? <laughs> what am I not worried about? <laughs> I am not worried about food. What do you mean? Well, like, I know that if I want food, I can go and buy myself some food. Right. Great. Mm, so I don't have to, like, at this point in time, Yeah. it's nice not to have to worry about food. Can you remember, and I say this because I have a very clear memory of when I started teaching mm-hmm. and I got paid for the first time mm-hmm. and went shopping and I was living by myself in, in Daniloquin. Mm-hmm. And I went to the shops to buy groceries. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first time ever where I didn't have to really consider mm. what I was buying. Can you remember that happening to you? I remember getting my first paycheck thinking, oh, my rent's only $220 mm-hmm. yep. out of this. Yep. So what do I do? <laughs> How do I spend the rest of it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. I'm a grown-up now. This is what mm-hmm. grown-ups get. Oh. <laughs> and how did that go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, who knows? It was so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, I probably still lived off, like, packet pasta and, and two-minute noodles, which yeah. is not too dissimilar to what I had for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, yeah, I had all this... You know, money to spend on food, and I, I think I had no skill to no, to cook. I still the made stuff. I made toasted sandwiches a lot, mm. and because I was cooking for one, like mm. that was boring. Or I would make a big batch of like nachos, mm. like the mince, mainly just mince, and that would last a number of days. And probably make toasted sandwiches with the leftovers. Mm. So yeah, you're right. You had all this money, you could buy food, and you were like, oh. Yeah, if anything, I probably would have just spent it on takeaway most of the time. Yeah, I had that option. I spent mm. a lot on beer, no doubt, but... Mm. Yeah, so you're not worried about food? 
No. no. I'm not worried about food. That's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. What else are you not worried about? Not. Or is that it? It's just food? <laughs> I think it's just food. But I'm being better. I'm trying not to worry as much. daughter of the CD player mm-hmm. and the headphones so on road trips she at least can just sit in the car and yeah and listen to you know 90s mixes and early 2000 mixes and yeah, the indoctrination of your children into like the music you like mm. or like is always important isn't it mm. it's uh, you don't have long before no. No, and you know, one of my proudest moments as a parent was probably watching <laughs> Georgia sing Belinda Carlisle. Yeah. Mm, leave the light on. <laughs> belting that out. Yeah. Just for our, and she learnt it just for our. Yeah, work mutual colleague. friend, that's right. Yes. So, favourite song? Karen, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, she learnt that song. Did she sing it to Karen? Um, she sang it, like, I recorded her singing it to show. Right. Karen. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. But it is nice, isn't it, when you're like, oh, right. It's important. I mean, it shouldn't be important, but like hmm. trying to cultivate your children's taste. It's in, important. In pop culture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, make sure that they're, they've got positive role models yeah. in pop culture as early as possible. Yeah, yeah. They're well-rounded. Like, they don't just go, I like this. Mm. I'm going to listen to only this forever and ever and ever or watch mm. only this forever and ever, which is hard. Yeah. Because the access they have to the same stuff over and over mm-hmm. is far different. I guess, I don't know, we listen to the same stuff over and over and over again. When, mm, But oh. I don't understand her obsession with watch, watching, like on Netflix, yes. the same shows and the same mm-hmm. episodes over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, you've seen this a billion times. How about I introduce you something no. different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Noelle's even the same. She's like, I don't, you know, I don't know there's nothing on Netflix that I want to watch that I haven't already seen. Well, that's obviously not true, <laughs> um, but it's hard, isn't it? You want to, mm. you're trying to cultivate, you're basically just trying to make them like you, really. Right? Yeah, hence why Captain Planet DVD sets. <laughs> she's still singing the theme song, yeah. Captain Planet. Yeah. yeah, when the girls were young, we watched a lot of Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Like, oh, this show's great. Yes, it is. Well done. I just showed her um, Doraemon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are you familiar with Doraemon? Yeah, Doraemon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she just finished watching the the two movies that are on Netflix, and then we went on YouTube, and she started watching, you know, the cartoon versions yeah. from the eighties and, and things. Yeah, I mean, we're both Studio Ghibli fans, mm. and our kids are big fans of, especially Totoro, but a lot of yeah. the of the films. So it's just mm. cultivating you to be little versions of us. <laughs> but it won't be long until she says, "No, I, mm. I like this," and you're like, "No, you don't." Yeah, well... That's just what's popular. It's <laughs> crap. <laughs> yes, we shall try to keep them in bubble wrap for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. And they can watch Encanto yet again. <laughs> The other question that was on this uh, on my book mm. was, "Are all witches female?" <laughs> well, what a great book! <laughs> um, I believe there's gender pronouns for that group of of people. Uh huh. I like to 
call them skilled magicians, <laughs> um, where I believe the, the female pronoun is witches uh-huh. and then the male is wizards. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure what the non-binary version oh, right, right, right. is. I guess it's still it or yeah. they or them. Huh. Mm. For a group of... a collect, What about a collective noun? Is it still a coven of witches? Witches coven? Witches coven? I'm not, um, not sure what the collective noun for the males would be. But from that basis, like linguistically... Yeah. I would say yes, all witches are females because if they were not, then uh-huh. they would be either wizards or gender neutral. <laughs> what a tremendous answer! Thanks. <laughs> that was very well considered. But, but you look like you had pain in your face there. That you were really considering that. Well, <laughs> I do. You know, wonder what if there are skilled magicians who do not fit in either wizards or witches right maybe we just call them skilled magician so as a skilled magician what you're suggesting though is that their powers aren't real magic can be real (laughs) okay (laughs) can it like a magician is a is now i'm very skilled magician a very skilled magician is someone who actually makes the thing disappear actually makes magic right Look, do I believe in witches and mm-hmm. wizards, if that's the question? No, I don't. But... <laughs> it's disappointing. <laughs> but in, you know, the Harry Potter world mm-hmm. and whatnot, then then I'm sure there's an array. Mm-hmm. So are you going to read all the Harry Potters to your I'd like daughter? to, but um, she, she she's more interested in reading short descriptions about different Pokemons at the moment. Right, got she got the big sustained. book? Yeah, yeah, I mistakenly yeah. got her a deluxe handbook of Pokemons. Yep, we've been, I've been there. Interest. Yep. Yeah, so she hasn't really shown as much interest with uh, sustained right. reading, like of novels and, mm-hmm. and um, stories. Yeah. Um, she can get through picture books okay, and she's fine if I read yeah. to her. And usually every night, like, we've got a Google mini nest thing. Yeah. So when she goes to bed, she'll be like, hey, Google, read me a bedtime story. <laughs> and she'll she'll listen to that. But yeah. um, in terms of her attention span at the moment as a mm, six-year-old, six-year-old yeah. um, I've tried buying her... Crappy books like Hatchimals. Sorry, mm. no offence to any Hatchimal fans. There's Hatchimal um, books? There's Hatchimal books. Okay, yeah. Um, I got a Witches. Yeah. Roldal. And we, we, we started to, to read that. Um, but yeah, she's. She, I think she's still a little bit mm. far from being able to want to like she's capable i think of reading yeah a, a long book yeah if she wanted to but she just doesn't want to that's the same <clears throat> really it's the that's the basis of our job really mm. is the students who want to read yeah will read and the ones who don't want to read i still haven't worked out a way to get them to read mm. and it's hard when you have like the nintendo switch there. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, and TV and Netflix and, mm-hmm. and, and all of these other wonderful distractions yeah. that can take you away from the mental effort required Yeah, um, that reading. Well, Noel just started playing the guitar and that's the same. Mm. It's like, you got to practice every day. Yeah. Well, I don't have enough time. That is a lie. Mm. You know, what time did you wake up? Eight. What time did you get out of bed? Ten. Mm. What did you do for those two hours? iPad. Mm. listen to music you just gotta practice every day yeah and that's it I don't want you know I'm gonna pay for your lessons I don't want you to be annoyed with mm. me making you practice but I'm not not going to want you to practice mm. and if you don't want to practice then tell me and then you don't have lessons mm-hmm. um, that was it, similar with Georgia and the piano lesson it's really with tricky the, with a ukulele just about two three days ago mm-hmm. um she can get the C chord on the ukulele fine and she's pressing the strumming pattern down, down, up, up, down, up and mm-hmm. that's great. And then I thought, oh, let's let's see if we can do the G. Mm-hmm. Bit more difficult. Yeah. 
Um, and like she just gave it one go and then she just burst into tears saying that it sounds messy. <laughs> sounds messy. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah. What's the point? I'm like, okay, this is a teachable moment, right? But how do I teach it? Not everything's a lesson. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. Not everything's a lesson. That's, that's the annoying part of having, I think, teachers for parents is... Mm. And we're like, all right, how, how what we've actually learned is, yeah, no. <laughs> Not everything's a bluey episode, no. what? Well, some things are, a lot of Not things are bluey. Not everything's a full house episode, what? Mm, too soon, Betty, too soon. I know, I know. Poor old Bob Sackett. <sighs> now, I, I, I don't mean to upset you, but yeah. tell, tell, tell the listeners your sad Bob My Saget, Bob story. your regretful Bob Saget oh. story. <laughs> It was the year of, <laughs> it was, it was 20, uh, I got married in 2010, so it would have been the start of 2012. Yeah. Um, okay. My husband and I went to America and on, like we went to LA and San Fran and um, New York and so we had a lot of flights um, going across the US. And one of them um, was at LAX and it was like six o'clock in the morning. I was really hungry. Only place open in the airport was like a place that had pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, yeah. So I went there and I got pizza and right next to me was Bob Saget. Now what I really wanted to do was turn around and give him a big hug and say thank you for being my absent father. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um and and tell him how much you know full house and him and the whole tanner family just meant to me like i'm getting teary just thinking about it right yeah. he was with this this tall gorgeous woman who i assumed was his girlfriend at the time and later i googled and it was um and i'm like six o'clock at the airport he probably doesn't want to be disturbed um, and I already knew, like by then I had already got an itinerary set that when we were going to San Fran in the next leg, that I was going to 1,709 broader yeah, right. San Fran that's to right. go to the full house. Well, that was, that's, that's the same day that you had a, is that where you video, you yeah, have a video yeah, of yeah, you? Yeah, I did out. a video in yeah. front of this full house house of the, me singing the theme song. So like I had a, a huge, huge full house fan um yeah and i just to this day i just i just kicked myself for for not being able to bring myself to to just say because you know they tell you you know don't ever meet your heroes Mm -hmm. and could be a disappointment and stuff and i just didn't know what i would do if he turned me down and said can you just leave me alone or it's six o'clock in the morning and i'm tired yeah right yeah so I did a sneaky photo, like I got Michael to take a photo of me eating a slice of pizza and him in the background, far, far in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but then I edited and drew an arrow and said, that's Bob Saget. Yeah, and that was the, the closest of, of any photographic evidence I had with me and Bob, Bob Saget. Um, but, you know, the past couple of weeks, just reading all of the wonderful stories that, mm. you know, his his friends have written all consistent about how much he just loved people um and how much he would just be so generous with his time and and how much he would tell people how much he loved them constantly like everyone from john mayer Mm. to josh gad like just bizarre Mm. um his range of friendships um and literally i've been (laughs) it sounds really sad but I, I still, like even yesterday, was looking up videos of Bob Saget and watching and reading what yeah. people were saying Yeah. in his memory. Well, he just, he just started a podcast too. of um, Yeah, Bob's here for you. Yeah, because, mm. of, uh, because of all the COVID and lockdowns mm. and stuff like that, he wanted yeah. to do something positive and have positive chats with people. And he, like, even Hamish and Andy. He mm. had it on there. Really? Yeah, apparently um, he spent one of his birthdays in Melbourne with Andy 
Okay. <laughs> it was just after Hamish's um, kid was born. Yeah. So Hamish couldn't go out and, and Andy told us, like, I'm, t- I'm telling you now, I've heard every okay. second story. That's fine, story that's now. fine. Um, and how they still keep in touch, or like they had kept in touch right. um, since, you know, back when they first met, when they joined the, the Gangaroos. Right, yes. Yes. Wow. The Hamish and Andy show and stuff. So, um, yes, Bob Saget, bless him. Kicking myself every day. Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. Did I get delivered here? Somebody tell me, please. So Don't get me wrong. He, he's, he taught me, you know, hard work ethic and everything. But he was never there. Right. But Danny Tanner was always there. I think um, we grew up, our generation grew up with ideal, like the, the TV dads mm. were ideals, right? Mm. I mean, even Bill Cosby, yes. Um, I was going to come with Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I know, but we, we had Mark Curry in Hanging with Mr. Cooper. We have Alan Thicke in Growing Pains. We had Michael Gross in Family Ties. Mm-hmm. Like all of these, um, even like Mam and George, Philip Drummond in Different Strokes, and all of these, all these eighties, early nineties dads. Mm. They were all these ideals, right? Of like, mm. <laughs> always seemed to be home. You know, I, I'm thinking of Full House. Danny Tanner was always at home. Is that because he worked in the no, morning? He, he, well, good. You wake up San Francisco. That's right. So was his, he was often there in the afternoons. But, he, but had, if he was there all the time, he wouldn't necessarily need the help of his two friends. No, that's true. But in like Growing Pains, which was another one of my favorite, like the, mm-hmm. he was a psychologist and he worked from home. So mm-hmm. he was at home. So all these dads were present mm-hmm. in the home. Um so it's it was interesting. I, I hadn't thought of my father as being um, never there, but it's, he never was. Like until he, you know, got retrenched in the early nineties, mm. um, he would yeah leave at six thirty in the morning and get home after seven, and that was five days a week. So uh, I think I was pretty lucky that I was pretty lucky he got retrenched <laughs> in the early 90s because he was home then. Mm. He was always home and um, or more more at home. Mm. Um, and he had his own business and he did that from home. He mowed lawns and so he was always around. But yeah, it's, it's interesting when you're growing up and you're watching these shows, which I can barely stomach. My girl started watching Full House mm. a few years ago, just when I think when they first got Netflix and they were just happy to watch anything. And I was like, I can't rewatch these. These are saccharine and I'm too old and bitter <laughs> and cynical. But mm. at the time, yeah, you would, I guess you would watch them. They were on. That was a... Yeah, but I also taped them on VHS. You taped Full House. I taped, yeah, we have tapes and tapes of Full House episodes on right. VHS, which I can't access any longer. <laughs> so, but I would watch them, mm. you know. So, so literally Danny Tanner was, was... Right. In the palm of my, my fingertips whenever I wanted growing up. Could you... Whenever I needed. Did you watch so many episodes that you could tell which twin was on screen? Oh, no. 
because it was hard. That is hard, yeah. Wow. Mm. And of the three daughters, mm-hmm. who is your favourite? Mm. This is a great conversation, by I the could... way. I'm excited. This is where it's going. <laughs> Talking about which of the three daughters in Full House. Well, I, I, I guess I really related to it in a way because I am one of three daughters. Right. As well. Ah. And so I could see my sisters and I in that. Or maybe I just, you know. Yeah, projection and all that stuff. Confirmation bias or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, you do have like DJ Edzers, like my sister. She had a whole bunch of responsibility placed on her as the eldest. Mm -hmm. And you've got like Stephanie, who's the middle child. And there's an episode where she feels like no one pays attention to her. So she goes and and, um, gets married and does a fake wedding with with Harry and yeah. <laughs> has to leave because no one cares about her, she mm-hmm. thinks. And I'm like, yeah, I can... I can. You can relate? Uh, no, my sister, right. Vicky, can she, probably yeah. relate as the middle child. Yeah. She probably often felt a bit like, you know, that. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Michelle, who who's like cute and gets everything she wants and everybody yeah. spoils her. And, and I'm like, yeah, everybody spoils me. And yeah. I'm considerably younger than the other two sisters mm-hmm. as well which is just like the show you say something and everyone just goes oh yeah. Yeah. yeah right i can see that yeah um <laughs> and you know do with the catchphrases and what was your catchphrase oh the, you got it dude i know but is that what you used to say oh I used did you to have say, a catchphrase oh, no nah, i just copied everybody else's on tv right 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 um but but yeah so it, I didn't really have a favorite as such. It was more about the relatability that yeah. that I had with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm very excited we spent all this time talking about, <laughs> talking about Full House and Bob House. Saget. Yeah. Well, we should be a tribute to Bob Saget podcast. Like every other podcast <laughs> I, that we have going around these days. <laughs> should I just change up and just make the whole thing a tribute to Bob Saget? <laughs> you do what you like. <laughs> Uh, it's a rebrand of, of the Chattering <laughs> Classes. It's now the Bob Saget podcast. Mm. Or the Danny Tanner. Maybe just Danny Tanner. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to change change tack okay. dramatically. Now, you're, you are with child. I am with child. In old-fashioned parlance. Yes. How exciting for you. Yes, it is. It's, it's starting to become more and more realistic. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. What do you mean by more and more realistic? Oh, you know, um, I guess I've I've been very cautiously optimistic Mm -hmm. up to this point. And now, like, I've I've never been one to wait until the baby's born to find out the sex. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, I try to find that out. with the NIPT test <laughs> so at like, like 10 weeks. At 10 weeks, right. Um, which is really for chromosome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like 500 bucks. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. But I thought, oh, well, I'm geriatric now. Yes, yeah, so a geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. That's what we learned, didn't we? Yes. Because you have to be it's over 35. 35. Yeah. And the court's a bit... They're going to need to change the word. Well, I'm owning it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to own it. How are you owning it? What are you doing? What are you leading into? Oh, I just like to declare that I'm oh, geriatric okay. whenever I get a chance. Yes. Really? Does it allow you a concession card? or well, uh, If so, <laughs> I'd go and get a rat test for free. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it does not allow me to get a concession card um, or a senior's discount. But um, I did the NIPT test and the chromosome stuff came back as low risk, which is great. Mm. Um, but the gender, inconclusive, right. which I have never heard of that ever happening. And um, unless... Unless <laughs> the um, like the chromosome stuff mm-hmm. came back inconclusive, yeah, can't get a retest. So right, like, <sighs> five hundred bucks just to find bucks. find out if it's a boy or a girl. Um, yeah, well, it was a perk. It was a it was a big perk. Yeah. Um. So then I had to wait until the twenty week scan to find out right. if it's a boy or a girl, which I have since found out. Mm-hmm. Boy. Yeah. Which now now. Have no idea what to do with because they have appendages that females don't. Mm. Toilet training, cleaning. Uh, uh, I don't know. What do you mean cleaning? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do 
you mean just the cleaning of the child, of the baby? Yeah. When they poop themselves, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can't help you, I'm sorry. I've got two daughters. So <laughs> exactly. Even... Well, yeah, but uh, so I said to, to my husband, look, if it's a boy, this is before we found out, I was like, if it's a boy. Over to you. Over to you. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know how to clean the boys' bits. No. Mm, they have extra bits. It's fine. Just mm. move them around and clean away. They'll, they'll let you know if you've been too rough. The baby's just crying anyway. So yeah, I guess. It could be, ah, water, or it could be, ah, yes. you're pinching me. I don't know. Yeah, true. I mean, they will projectile pee on themselves. Yeah, I hear that. I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. Hmm. Whereas the girls could projectile pee on themselves, I guess, but mainly yeah. it was at you, at hmm. the parent changing when you took the nappy off. I remember yeah. both my daughters were the same. It was like, fresh air, let's go. Hmm. Um but yeah, boys can yeah just spray anywhere. everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, yeah, my aim, I guess, is just to not raise a dickhead. Right. Yes. Yeah, I have another friend who they had a boy, and, mm-hmm. and that was her concern was like, right, I have to, how do I prevent him from being a jerk? Being a jerk. Mm. And I was like, that's uh, probably a positive that people are thinking that way but it's not very fair on the young unborn <laughs> male <laughs> that's your goal is to not raise, raise you know, a jerk when you when you had georgia did you go all right my goal is to not raise a jerk um it's it i wouldn't say a jerk yeah but a superficial yeah. brat yeah right yeah, yeah. entitled thing <laughs> an entitled thing yeah yeah i'm very cautious of yes. of um yeah of making sure or trying to make sure that the child grows up with yes. a sense of gratitude um and, and less yeah. as less entitled as, as possible and i i mean i'm sure it's the same for a lot of parents but when you're a teacher and you see... Yes. You can go, all right, I need children that... I would like my children to grow up like these mm. children and not mm-hmm. like these children. A jerk or a superficial brat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, entitled. Let's get rid of the entitlement. <laughs> Let's get rid of the superficiality. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Let's watch Full House and get yeah. the good stuff. Listen to the right music. Mm-hmm. Be open-minded. Mm. And not... Uh, yes. Yeah, less lol dolls. Mm-hmm. Yes. And more care bears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how did you notice whether whether Michael was more excited or... I mean, that's um, probably not a fair I, question, but like, was he... I was he, don't think it's hit him... Hmm. I think it's hit him more now as well that we know that it's a boy. Right. Because now there's some extra information <laughs> okay. There. Yeah. <laughs> to make it more real, I yeah. suppose. Um, yeah, but I think probably around like the late 30 weeks mm-hmm. or so, just when I'm about to pop, yeah. that things will start feeling more real. Okay. Yeah, because I think the first, well, up till now, the priority was just making sure that it goes well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I think for, for me, it's now getting to be that nesting period of, okay, I need to get rid of my daughter's old clothes and mm-hmm. exchange it for my nephew's old clothes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, do that trade-off and start thinking, oh, crap, it's been like six years since I've had a newborn. What do I need what again? What do you do? What do you... Yeah. Yeah, what do you need? Yes. Yeah, like I remember, yep, I know I need nappies mm-hmm. and wipes, but I like I totally forgot about, you know, breast pads and mm. nipple yes, creams. Right. And... You need to just take a slow walk down that aisle you haven't been down for a while. Yeah. Because that's the weird thing is and after a while, you're like... Everything. I've mm. never... Like, I never even think about the nappy, the baby aisle in mm. the supermarket ever again. Hmm. Now I can walk down that. Sometimes I walk down that with the girls just to reminisce. That's mm. what you used to eat. Oh, look, rusks. Mm. You know what a rusk Graffiti. is? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, I missed you. Yeah, that's right. There's all these things where you're like, oh, yeah. I remember these. The biscuits. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum. 
biscuits. Just, sometimes I go through the frozen aisle and I'm like, oh, thank God, Annabelle Carmel's still there. Yeah. For the frozen <laughs> what's, food. What's Annabelle Carmel? Oh, Annabelle Carmel is the, I guess, um, Martha Stewart of, of baby foods. Oh. So she, like, <laughs> freezes the purees and stuff. Right, right, right. Um, into ah, the into portions. Into portions. See, Justine so was doing just, that. That's Yeah. Did, did she do that for both? Hmm. I think so. Mm. Yeah, she used to make like soup and mm. vegetable soup and put them in the little... Yeah, I'm like having all these flashbacks of like the actual shape of them. Yeah. They were purple and... Yeah, there's a lot. The nostalgia of... Mm. I, I was talking to my good friend Wiggins about the nostalgia of when his sister had... Um, her second mm. baby last year that he was like very nostalgic with a newborn just holding in and all that stuff and we talked about yeah the nostalgia is very strong mm. when you see newborn babies um, but then you see someone packing up a stroller and trying to fit in the car and you're like I'm not nostalgic about that <laughs> no thank you <laughs> why did you just run into that door um <laughs> I don't know why. I just have a habit of being attracted to doors. Michael yeah. used to make up a song. Oh, so that's just an ongoing. Yeah, no. Yeah, he um, he adapted the play school theme song. There's a <laughs> door in there. And Betty as well. Betty prefers a door. <laughs> just misjudging there. spaces in the, in the doors. Mm, my spatial awareness is terrible. Right. Mm. Any glasses? I do need glasses. Hence why I have glasses. Yes, that's right. But it's supposed to be for seeing things from far away. Right. Not doorways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no excuse. This is quite a big doorway. I know, right? It's yeah. like a double bed kind of size. But, um, yeah. But no, I just like to live on the edge. <laughs> oh, dear. I just, uh, never mind. All right. So <laughs> you, you were saying before your goal is to just um, make sure everything is good and... The pregnancy is going well. Yes. And this is because, was it? Last? 2020. 2020. Yes, 2020 I had um, multiple miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, the first was the day, well, I had a, the DNC mm-hmm. the day before my birthday. Mm. And so I took my birthday day off. Yep. Um, wasn't because it was my birthday. Just Benny's having a birthday <laughs> off. Ooh, just... Yeah, no, I was like, oh, everybody at work's going to think that I'm just taking the day off because it's my birthday. <laughs> um, but yes, and then um, I had another DNC in October um, of that year. So 2020 was, was pretty sucky in mm. every, mm. I guess, aspect yeah, yes. of my life at that time. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, this year it, it happened, yep. the pregnancy, and um, and that's why I guess I was like, I've been very cautiously optimistic, yep. and you know, you have that whole, you know, deep breath and holding it every time I go for a scan or something, yeah. just like embrace position. Right, <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Wait, did you find that just on the day-to-day, like on a daily basis um, with, with the... this pregnancy, that you were in, it was a good phrase, in the brace position, yeah. just in your day-to-day yeah. life, just, you know, when, when, what, how often was it not in your head to be thinking about it, I guess? Oh, it's constant. Like yeah. every time you go to the toilet, every time you... Mm-hmm. Um, eat something. <laughs> like... Okay, that is constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So, well, for me anyway, can't speak for anybody else, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was pretty pretty constant. And there was a point where I'm like, I mean, we were still trying last year and, and nothing happened. So right. I was like, okay, maybe my body's had enough. And, um, and just as I was about to throw in the towel because I'm geriatric and all now, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> it was only going to get harder. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and get my body into how it was pre-miscarriages and stuff, Mm -hmm. because that really, I think, messed up my body as well. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this exercise 
Keller Itzstein's like right. Zion's, um BBG workout. Mm-hmm. And, Anyone who knows me knows that I don't do any exercise no. whatsoever. Nope. And so I had to do like the pre-training training. <laughs> Did like one week and I was like, oh, I bought myself a, a um, dumbbells and a medicine ball, like a 10 kilo medicine ball. Yeah. Because I knew that was coming up in future weeks. So I finished the first week and then I tested positive. Right. Wow. <laughs> Successful. <laughs> for the pregnancy. And then I'm wow. like, oh, what am I... I, I Still have not opened right. the box with the um, medicine ball in it. Because <laughs> they say, you know, they recommend that you don't do any more or yeah, exercise. Yeah, and if my... I don't think my one-week pre-positive <laughs> test result counts. So right. <laughs> I was like, if my normal is zero exercise, then where do I go from here? <laughs> you should be on... You should be the lead spokesman of this... Of this spokesperson of this process of like I did it for a week and I felt <laughs> pregnant immediately yeah pretty much <laughs> wow right mm. so then you feel pregnant and then um what I I mean in, in a really general sense is this idea that uh, which I don't understand is that we don't often talk about mm. pregnancy loss or miscarriage or that yeah. kind of thing yeah and we don't I mean just the concept of people waiting, mm. usually, you are told, mm. not by doctors, but by people around you, mm. that you wait 12 weeks mm. before you tell anyone that you're even pregnant. Yes. Yeah. I used to be like, oh, you know, I even if I miscarry, then the people that I tell would be the people that I would want to be there for right. me anyway, mm-hmm. if I had a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, at the, but that was before I had a miscarriage, right? Obviously, N- yeah. But now I'm like, okay, I totally get a bit more why you wouldn't want to repeat over and over and over again to various different people in your life who had been so excited. Yes. Um, hey, it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but I also like I remember thinking before I I had any miscarriages. Um, Hearing stories of, of people, I know friends of mine who had horrific experiences mm. um, with their loss and how they dealt with it or not dealt with it mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, some of them were able to talk about it immediately after, some took a long time and when it happened to me, I thought about like every every friend of mine who had spoken out about it Mm -hmm. and how much that made me feel so less alone, Mm. I guess. Um, And just knowing that there were other people close to me and around me um, who had experienced something similar. Um, And that was comforting, even though they didn't know at the time that I was going through it. Um, and I never reached out to to them as such. Um, yeah, there was still a, a bit of comfort there. Yeah. Kind of like a, a silent sisterhood of <laughs> yeah. of a shared experience. Um, and not just sisterhood. I mean, the, the men also feel things as well. Shock horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you hear it mostly from, from the women. Um, mm. And so when, I mean, it took me a year before I felt ready to be more open with my experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to my close inner, inner circle, like yourself and, mm-hmm. and others, um, yeah, I've, I was fine to, to, to talk about it and, and share. Um, yeah. But in terms of publicly like I remember last year for my birthday um in reflection I was like oh this time last year I was in hospital I just had the surgery and then I was at home and it was my birthday and it really sucked yeah (laughs) and um and then I was like well you know I'm not usually one to rant or share too much personal things on social media Hmm. um 
but I, I just felt like you know if I can be like my friends were yeah to anyone else in my circle um why not yeah. so I um, like did a Facebook post about how for my birthday that year I wanted people to donate to Bears of Hope mm-hmm. um an organization that helps with supporting people who had pregnancy loss basically yeah um and how much it had helped people that I have known um and shared a bit of a tidbit of, of my personal um experience with miscarriage um and that opened up you know uh, a lot of private messages from mothers who right. were like yeah I had the same thing or you know the experience and... yeah yeah mm. um so why not talk about it yeah well that's <laughs> what I was going to ask you was mm. I, I mean I get why some people like when they're it, feeling too raw yeah I, I under, the, the question isn't mm. as an individual like yeah. a, per individual why don't individuals talk mm. about it but the question is really like why as a mm. culture so that's not so much society it's more just a culture of of not talking about it mm. um that is kind of confounding i mean i don't think as a society we really talk about grief mm. enough anyway yeah we tend to put it on the person suffering that mm. you will talk about it when you're ready to talk about it mm. so we, we won't bring it up is it like maybe people think it's a bad omen or like they want to avoid negativity around like or yeah. bringing up bad vibes mm. if someone's potentially pregnant or, or whatever or, you know, oh, you know, someone's saying, guess what, I'm pregnant. Oh, great. I hope you don't lose it because one in four does. <laughs> so yeah, one in four in, in, yeah, before before eight weeks or something, it is, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody, there's no card that says that, I guess. So, no, um, no. I think like. Yeah, for me, I think the the one thing I might probably would have, oh, I don't know if I'll change it, but for the second miscarriage, like the first one, there was no heartbeat from the start. The second one, um, there was no heartbeat, but then there was a heartbeat, and then there wasn't a heartbeat. Right. And so um, the the scan where there was a heartbeat, my daughter was with me, and so... The third scan where we were expecting a heartbeat, mm. and my husband was then there with us, expecting to see one as well, and then there not being one. Mm. I think that was, yeah, the only time where I was like, oh, I should probably wait right. <laughs> a lot longer in the future if she, if it happens again before I bring my daughter, right, into, daughter it. into it. Yeah, because having that conversation with her afterwards yeah. when she was like you know four or five years old um yeah. was was hard so how did you how did you have that conversation that's oh she was she was really sweet like i remember um i don't know why but i apologized to her no, that makes sorry. Sense. Yeah. sorry you know you you don't have a baby brother or sister or anymore mm-hmm. kind of a thing um and i remember her taking my hand and saying it's okay mommy you just keep trying mm. which for you know and she was just this is just before she turned five i think yeah um was quite empathetic yeah i was proud of her for that <laughs> yeah um but yeah, so I had to have a chat with her again later that night, and um, just because uh, we often talk before she goes to sleep, just I uh, lie down with her in mm-hmm. bed, and we just chat about the day or whatever. Um, and it was just reflecting and just saying to her how you know sometimes um, bad things happen to good people, and sometimes um, babies make it, and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but how lucky are we to have you and, mm. you know, trying to, to, um, I guess, lessen the yeah. shock and the, I, I, I try not to hide things from her because I know I just don't want her to be ignorant of pain and mm. suffering. Yeah. Um, 
but at the same time, I don't want her to... It's a, a tightrope, isn't it, as Yeah, a I don't want her to experience trauma from no. it either. No. Um, so, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago, she was watching the news with me and there was a report about a child who got killed mm-hmm. in a domestic violence issue and, and she just couldn't wrap her head around, what would her father want to yeah. kill their own child kind of a thing? And Michael walked in and he's like... What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't control what's on the news. <laughs> and he's like, that's that's a great topic. And I'm like, I will never hurt you, Georgia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is not relevant to us. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. No, it's... It is. You know. It is. That is a, a very ti- a, a very high wire act with your kids. Of mm. this, I want to prepare you for life, but mm. I don't want to tell you all the terrible things that could happen because mm. I don't want you to live in fear. Mm. Maybe you need to be fearful of some things, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to just get back to yeah. what you were saying before when you when you talked to Georgia and you said sorry to her. Yeah. Um, the idea that that if there's pregnancy loss or someone miscarriages, that there might be a feeling of shame or guilt. Like, yeah, guilt or yeah, like my body has failed. Yeah, you're a failure. Your body has failed mm-hmm. you. What did I do? What did I eat? Yeah. Did I lift something too heavy? Did you go through did that I... as well? Yeah. Like yeah. as in questioning have I done something myself? Yeah. Um was that egg too runny or <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but at the end of the day like you can't undo what's done and no. you'll never know and you'll never find out. And But don't, don't you think that sort of, because we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. you don't hear these stories. I mean, I think one of the reasons why you have spoken about it and other people have spoken to you about it is maybe because you're a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. younger people, like mm. I was talking to Justine about this when I said, oh, I'm going to talk to Betty mm. about pregnancy loss. And she said, I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you get pregnant when you were young, when mm. we had our girls, and she just knew, oh, it does happen. And But she didn't even know mm. what the process is of what a miscarriage is. Mm-hmm. In her head, she said, I just thought it was like a period because that's what I've been told. Mm. Someone just said, oh, it's like a period. And so you never really conceptualize what mm. that is but then as you get older and your friends start to mm. fall pregnant and some of them will lose the child then she realized oh like we don't know mm. anything no one ever talks about it it's not spoken about and again like you said maybe as a like you like it's <laughs> no no we don't want to jinx it we don't mm. want to it's don't want to bring any negative mm. energy into it uh, Which, for me the first time i heard was when i was anything about it from anybody yeah uh was when i was pregnant with georgia um because a really close friend of ours of both my husband and myself um they lost theirs at 42 weeks so stillbirth um and that baby um, was due just a couple of months before Georgia. Right. As well. Oh, sorry. It was July. Um, July or August. And Georgia was November. Um, and then not long after, not long after Georgia was born, I think, um, another really close friend of ours from school um she lost hers at six months Mm. and i think between those two it freaked michael out right a lot um because he definitely hadn't heard no any instances and then all of a sudden it's like you know uh, i can't remember that term where beta mainhoff syndrome where you notice everything yeah, 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 yeah 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 um and for me i just i was like look look we can't do it, like anything about it. We we got to cross each mm. bridge as it comes, yeah, um, and, and that sort of thing. But um, just suddenly, the prospect of so many things going wrong with a pregnancy, yeah, kind of filled, definitely filled his head. Yeah, of course. Um, 
And, yeah. it, and is that the thing? I guess if we don't tell, we don't talk about the things that can go wrong, then you won't mm. dwell on these things that can go wrong, or that I don't know. By somehow putting the idea into your head mm-hmm. that you dwell on it, and then that will affect your pregnancy. Mm. Um, but it doesn't really serve the people who've gone through it at all. Like it's mm. unbelievable that you would I don't know, not talk about it. But even in that story, you. T- told me all I can think of is the person who loses the child at 42 mm-hmm. weeks well they don't they want you to be happy yeah that but you're it pregnant took a long time for them to be exactly. able to see Georgia yeah. after she was born and, and then that affects you mm-hmm. you have I guess in some ways survivor guilt mm-hmm. that you have Georgia mm-hmm. and then you have like I don't know it's just fraught with so much stuff and we just would rather mm. not address it mm. and we would rather not you know like we'll support people but we don't support it on a wider level because we don't know anything about it mm. like i talked to justine about it and i was like well did your mum ever talk to you about it no did your mum ever have a miscarriage and she said i don't know and i mm. said it's the same i have no idea my mum ha- i remember my mum telling me that she had right um before i think she had my eldest sister yeah um, and she, because it's my mother, she, yeah. she blamed it on her standing up on a bus and it had a speed hump and right. she must have like bounced too much from that speed hump or something and blamed the miscarriage on that. And she yeah. swears that the baby was a boy, but it was too early to tell. Um, so pretty early on. And, right. The speed bump on the bus. Yes. Mm. Um, so she often... You know, she, yeah, would men- not often tell me that story, but she had mentioned it in, in the past. Right. Um, yeah, but in such a stoic way, yeah. in a very matter-of-fact kind of way that for me, I was like, uh, did, were you even pregnant? <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like did much of a story. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know, there's the, yeah, the issue of how we talk about it. It's the same with infertility. Mm. You know, it's just, yeah. you don't talk about it unless it's happening to you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, you never... Yeah, and it's hard, like, like I'm very cautious of talking too much mm. about my child. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that, like you were saying with guilt... Um, with friends of mine who um, have had fertility issues and not being able to, to have a child. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very cautious. Yeah. Um, like, where I can, like, to the point where, if possible, I, I try to see them without Georgia. Not that they have said any, like, yeah. anything that gave me the indication that they don't want to be around children. Yeah. Um, but just in case. Right. Having a young child makes them think, oh, I wish we had, you know. Mm. Oh, it's just my own kind of yeah sense of, oh. I think it's all sort of based around this, this idea we have, which is we don't want other people... Other people being uncomfortable mm. around us is the last thing we want. Mm. We don't want to bring it up. We don't want to bring up sadness in other people's lives in case we make them sad Mm. um so we just don't talk about it like we let we wait for them to tell us or wait for them to talk about it i don't know i don't know i don't know if that's the healthy way to go about things because i don't know people just like to do wouldn't people prefer you to say you want to talk about it Mm. because then you are free to say yes or no i don't know Mm. it's a it's a um, it's a tough one. Yeah, grief is a, a concept that we we don't do well, I don't think. Mm. And th- that's why I'm confused and why mm. why I'm, I don't know, sometimes confounded by how we talk about these things. Mm. And then we don't know. Like when uh, when we were trying to have our first kid, Jazz said to me, and maybe we'll get back to it's Bob Saget's fault, <laughs> that when I remember her saying, you know, like, oh, we're going to try, but it might take a while. Mm. And I was like, what? Why would it take a while? 
I've seen so many TV shows where people mm. get pregnant by accident all the time. Yeah. Well, Georgia gave us false hope because we tried and it was like instant. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's, that's, again, like because it's not mm. discussed about until it happens to you, mm. then I think that's why we have those feelings of like shame and guilt from a certain, like, oh, it's something, my body's failed me or it's... Mm. You know, and even the infertility, if, you, if you're if you struggling to fall pregnant, then are you trying to work out what's mm. wrong with who? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to work out, well, who's, which part, you yes. know, which partner is mm. is having the issues. And mm. um, I don't know, that's... And then you have, like, freak miracles yeah. that come out of nowhere. Yeah. So, like, the, the a month after my first miscarriage my my then 44 year old sister mm-hmm. told me she was she just felt pregnant <laughs> and so i was like like i was super happy for her they weren't even they weren't trying it just yeah. kind of they just figured it wouldn't happen <laughs> yeah of course we are. and i'm doing the maths i'm like oh my gosh you're gonna be like 60 when i remember you doing kids. this Trying to work Dean, out how old they'll be. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, man, like that was a, that's a really sucky missed opportunity that our kids could have been like right. a month apart or mm-hmm. two months apart or, yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, it was, I was really happy for my system. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was like, oh. And did you know if she had issues with telling you? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> she was fine. Yes, my, yeah. She's she's like my mother. She's yeah. very, very matter of fact. Just you gotta keep moving on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that might do us, Betty Chow. Thank you for talking about all this stuff. No problem. And that's it.